It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And after some time off, yes, we had to retool the website, go back into our archives. The website did crash. That is why we were gone. But it is restored, and it is the day before the 4th of July. Yes, the day before Independence Day. And we have all kinds of fun here this week as we're going to celebrate the 4th of July, bring you some extra goodies, tidbits, and our very special guest here this week, Bo Billingsley. Yes, Bo Billingsley is going to be stopping in and you may recognize his voice from such animated shows on Disney XD, Naruto, and also Cowboy Bebop. He's also been on a variety of different shows, including Franklin and Bash, Hannah Montana the Movie, and a variety of others. You know his face and you know him well. And Bo is going to be stopping in and talking about a variety of different things from his career, current projects, and being part of the newest Star Trek film, Into Darkness. We also have the D-Team back. That's right, we have Jamie, Jason, Aaron, and Lexi all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Jamie's back once again with the Artist Corner, as this week he's going to delve deep into Wolfgang Reitherman's library and archives. We also have Aaron back. You ask a variety of different questions, and Aaron is back to answer them with I Want to Know. We have Lexi, our D-Team member from Down Under, who's going to give you a little bit more from that Hollywood Walk of Fame and more about Bo Billingsley, our special guest here this week. And let's not forget Jason, as he's going to go deep into the vault here this week and bring you another DVD and Blu-ray to add to your collection. We have news hot off the D-Wire, a variety of different things going on within the Disney company, and a call-out to all of you D-Heads. It feels great to be back. We're about to celebrate with fireworks and a lot of excitement. So here we are, ready to kick off show number 40. So I'll stop my rambling, all of you D-heads, and let's officially kick off the 4th of July weekend with the return of Disney On Demand. Be right back, all of you D-heads. America did not exist. Four centuries of work, bloodshed, loneliness, and fear created this land. We built America, and the process made us Americans. A new breed, rooted in all races, stained and tinted with all colors, a seeming ethnic anarchy. Then, in a little time, we became more alike than we were different. New society. Not great, but fitted by our very faults for greatness. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Twain. What's that? Perhaps you recognize those inspiring words from one of America's great writers. Uh, no, Dr. Franklin, I don't recall writing anything like that. Oh, my, of course not. They're from the pen of John Steinbeck, here in the 20th century. Why, it seems he has nearly the same spirit as the founding fathers themselves. Well, listen to the proud elder statesman. Mr. Twain, pride is one of our national passions. Even those who overcome it are proud of their humility. Easy now. I was born modest. 
Fortunately, it wore off. <laughs> uh, Dr. Franklin is our genuine American antique. I suppose our story begins with you. Actually, it started long before even my time. It started when dreams and visions of a new world were shrouded in the myths and legends of an old world. Finally, through those early mists of uncertainty, sailed the first great adventurers.
Hi, this is Bruce Boxleitner. You may know me as Tron, but right now, you're listening to Disney On Demand. And now, here's a special sneak peek of the brand new Disney XD series, Naruto Shippuden. Your opponent will be... Naruto and Sakura. The two of you. Huh? That's right. Kakashi will put you to the test. How well you do against him will determine your future status. What are we waiting for? Just need one shot! Won't do any good if you can't hit me! Shadow Clone Jutsu! Huh? Fine, bring it! Get back here! Catch Naruto Shippuden, premiering this month on Disney XD! Let's go! Now, where do I find the real world? I did a glorious night, right as a morning in mine. I feel like I could fly. Now, Bert, none of your larking about. Have you ever seen the grass so green or a bluer sky? Oh, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Mary makes your heart so light. You haven't changed a bit, have you? When the die is gray and ordinary, Mary makes the sun shine bright. Oh, honestly. Oh, happiness is blooming all around her. The daffodils are smiling at the dove. When Mary holds your hand, you feel so grand. Your heart starts beating like a big brass band. Ah, light-headed. It's a jolly holiday with Mary. No wonder that it's Mary that we love. Hell, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. When the day is grey and ordinary, Mary makes the sun shine bright. Oh, happiness is blooming all around her. The daffodils are smiling at the dove. When Mary holds your hand, you feel so grand. Your heart starts beating like a big brass band. It's a jolly holiday with Mary. No wonder that it's Mary that we
It's a jolly holiday with you, Bert. Gentlemen like you are few. A vanishing breed, that's me. Though you're just a diamond in the rough, Bert. Underneath your bloody's blue. Common knowledge. You'd never think of pressing your advantage. Forbearance is the hallmark of your creed. True. A lady needn't fear when you are near. Your sweet gentility is crystal clear. Oh, it's a jolly holiday with you, Bert. A jolly, jolly holiday with you. It's true that Mivas and Sybil have ways that are winning, and Prudence and Gwendolyn said you are spinning. Phoebe's delightful, Maud is disarming. Janice? Felicia? Lydia? Charming. Cynthia's dashing, Vivian sweet, Stephanie smashing Priscilla a treat. Veronica? Millicent? Agnes? And Jane? Convivial company, Diamond again. Dorcas and Phyllis and Glynis are sorts. I'll agree a three jolly good sports, but cream of the crop, dip of the top, it's, it's Mary, Mary Poppins and there we stop. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 40 for the week of July 3rd, 2013. And as we're kicking off the 4th of July weekend, lots of fun celebration going on, the return of Disney on demand. Show number 40 is jam-packed. And this week we have all kinds of fun as stopping in very soon, very shortly here at the show, we have Bo Billingsley stopping in. Now, Bo has been in a variety of different things, most recently from Star Trek Into Darkness, as well as Hannah Montana the movie, and a variety of different television shows and more. And Bo is going to be stopping in very shortly as well as the D-Team. We have the full D-Team back of Jamie, Jason, Lexi, and Aaron all stopping in with their signature segments. So there's a variety of different things on the horizon, and I'm just going to keep the show going because since it has been a while, we have a ton of news hot off the D-Wire. So before I do that, I do want to mention that you can always get all of our past shows, archives, and more, including our full Lifetime of Disney player where you can listen to over 300-plus movies, television shows, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's DIZradio.com. There you can find everything from our free iPhone app, social media networks, and more. Definitely check it out, DIZradio.com. Now, stepping right into the D news this week, hot off the wire, let's talk about Disney's CEO. Yes, that is right. Iger is now going to continue to be both chairman and CEO until mid-2016. Now, everybody had thought recently that Iger was going to be ousted as the CEO as of recently, but the Disney company has now made a statement saying that he's going to be holding this title until mid-2016. Now, it's scheduled to end the CEO title on April 1st, 2015. Now, the company cited a need for continuity and Iger's record of success. Now they have said that Iger has brought something that is definitely special, something unique, and he has a great track record. So fear not all of you Disney fans out there who are afraid that somebody else was going to step in and maybe muck up the company, Iger is in until 2016. Now moving into the parks, let's move to Walt Disney World and the Fantasyland expansion. Now we haven't heard much about it since it officially opened in phases. You know, a couple of months ago, you had the Voyage of the Little Mermaid ride and many other things. Well, the first 
of the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train cars has arrived at Disney World. That is right, the very first car for the new Seven Dwarfs Mine Train has arrived. The Walt Disney World Resort announced the arrival on Monday, July 1st, and according to the Disney Parks blog, the train was delivered last week. Now you may remember the last piece of the track for the roller coaster in the new Fantasyland area of the Magic Kingdom was laid early last month. This just brings to fruition that many of us are excited for that tests are going to be on the way. We can definitely imagine that we're going to have some trains going through here and some test modes recently. Now, the train is a family coaster that's going to take guests on a journey through the mine where the seven dwarfs dig for gems. Now, the attraction is set to open in 2014, and we'll definitely keep you posted here. Definitely check out the Disney websites or a variety of the other Disney podcasts out there that do great jobs covering the parks. Now, since we are talking about the parks, how about continuing on with Run Disney adding the Tinkerbell 10K to the Tinkerbell Half Marathon Weekend. That is right. Announced this week, Disney's Tinkerbell Half Marathon Weekend at Disneyland in California from January 16th through the 19th, 2014, is now getting a new fairy-themed 10K. It follows in the footsteps of the 2013 Disneyland Half Marathon Weekend and the 2014 Disney Princess Half Marathon Weekend as well. And now they're adding 10K races to all these events, and the all-new Tinkerbell 10K is going to be added to the Tinkerbell Half Marathon Weekend. Now, as they've put it, we are excited to add the popular 10K distance to the Tinkerbell Half Marathon Weekend, said Farron Kelly, Director of Marketing of Disney Sports. Now, Tinkerbell 10K expands an already exciting series of events and adds more opportunities for passionate runners on the West Coast, especially those new runners who are stepping up to the 10K distance. Now, the inaugural Tinkerbell 10K will debut on Saturday, January 18th, and finishers will earn a new fairy-themed medal. Now, the race is going to join the Tinkerbell Half Marathon, the Neverland Family Fun 5K, and many others that have been added to the event. If you want to find out more about this, find out how you can get in on this, definitely check out the Run Disney website as well. And if you are participating, let us know. We're thinking of getting a couple of Disney On Demand runners out there, uh, see what we can do, uh, you know, maybe get something going uh, for the Run Disney effort. Now, since we are talking about running and health and all those kind of fun things, let's move to the Disney Channel. And Disney Channel is taking a hit when it comes to advertising dollars and venues as Disney is dumping junk food ads. But Nickelodeon still is not. Yes, last year, the world's number one children's entertainment network, Disney, has earned applause from advocacy groups, which rolled out a plan to eliminate unhealthy food promos from its channels by 2015. That is right. Its rival network, Nickelodeon, has no plans to follow Disney's footsteps, despite the alarmingly increased numbers of childhood obesity across the country. Now, Nickelodeon has put it that they have a variety of different ad campaigns and more talking about healthy living. Now, Disney Channel, on the other hand, is going to eliminate all junk food ads by 2015. I don't know if this is a great call or not. I mean, it is good. I mean, yes, childhood obesity is something on the rise, but the one thing that people are forgetting is it's not the junk food making the kids fat. It's the lack of parenting watching these children, and that's what's happening. So, you know, it is a touchy subject, but I will say Disney taking that hit and taking that break, uh, you know, in, in revenue dollars, is a great step for the Disney company, and you know, you will no longer see any more junk food ads or more on the Disney Channel starting 2015. 
Now, since we are talking about the Disney Channel, let's talk about Disney Junior. And everybody loves Disney Junior, especially my four kids. They all love Disney Junior. Well, the Disney Junior digital magazine for the iPad is out. That's right. It is packed with family-friendly, interactive content from Disney Junior shows like Sophia the First and Jake and the Neverland Pirates, as well as many others. Now, this new digital version of the magazine that we already get mailed to our house at home for the children includes a variety of different things, including enhanced content from the Disney Junior print magazine, including coloring, tracing, matching games, drag and drop, puzzles, and more. Now, it'll have 10 issues each year, plus two special editions, and this year's special editions are going to feature an animated hit, Sophia the First. Now, new issues are available on the fourth Wednesday of each month and are available for iPad and iPad Mini on Apple's newsstand. Now, the digital subscription for 12 issues is only $10, and a single issue is only 2 So definitely check it out. It might be fun. I think I might have to get this one uh, for my children on the iPad because right now they already love the Jake in the Neverland and the Peter Pan storybooks and many others, and uh, having the digital one might not be so bad. Now, staying on the Disney Channel front, I know we're pretty Disney Channel heavy right now, let's talk about one that everybody is very excited for. How about the Girl Meets World? Yes, the Boy Meets World spinoff. We've heard a variety of different things about this over the last couple of months, and how about Will Friedle, a.k.a. Eric Matthews, appearing on the Disney Channel show? That is right, fans of Boy Meets World is excited for the biggest TV show that hasn't even launched yet, in the station's history. I have to say, the buzz around this, the excitement, everybody is excited for this to just be one big hit, and I think we are all excited for it. And now the Girl Meets World show is going to be having an extra special person added to the show. That's right, Will portrayed the main character of Corey Matthews' big brother, Eric, on Boy Meets World. Well, well, it has been announced that Corey and Topanga's daughter, Riley, and her best friend, Maya, might also have a cousin that appears from time to time. Now, rumor has it that it is going to be Will's daughter, so we can see him from time to time on the show. I think he would add something special to the show because, you know, Boy Meets World, as much as Corey and Topanga are a big part of it, you know, you gotta have Eric. Without Eric, uh, you know, it, it just... It's not going to feel like home to me. So I'm excited for this. I know everybody else is very excited. And we already heard that, you know, Mr. Feeney is going to make an appearance from time to time on the show as well. So I'm pretty stoked about this. Now, moving right along, and since we're talking about Wilfred L. and, you know, Boy Meets World, he does a lot of voice acting work, as we know. He is always all over the circuits. Well, maybe you plan on attending the 2013 San Diego Comic-Con coming up on July 18th. Well, even though it hasn't gone public yet, we are going to give you the word. Now, we've talked about it so far that I Know That Voice is a documentary covering a variety of different voice actors within the industry. They have a variety of different voice actors, and now it has been announced that they are going to have a roundup gang for the I Know That Voice at San Diego Comic-Con. They're going to have Billy West from Futurama, Ren and Stimpy, Tom Kenny from Spongebob Squarepants. They're also going to have Rob Paulson, who is a guest here on this show from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Pinky and the Brain, and many others. D. Bradley Baker from Clone Wars, Ben 10, and American Dad. And Fred, who has done Hulk, Ben 10, Mad, and many others. And now they're going to have an exciting round panel that is going to take place at the San Diego Comic-Con. If you want to find out more about this documentary, definitely stay tuned here at Disney On Demand because we have the guys behind this documentary stopping in here at the show in the next upcoming shows. But if you want to find out more, definitely check them out at IKnowThatVoice.com. Now, moving back to the parks and many other things, including merchandising, which we all love, 
How about Disney consumer products are now launching high fashion apparel for adults? Yes, last year leading the high fashion retail chains, there's a variety of things that are in surprise. Among top sellers were premium t-shirts for the popular cartoon characters Mickey Mouse that were meant for grown-ups. I have to say I sport a Mickey shirt at least twice a week. Now, encouraged by the response of the one-off experiment met by the Disney consumer products and retail merchandise arm of Disney UTV, they're rolling out high fashion branded apparel that's meant for adults that are going to feature Mickey, Minnie, and other famous Disney cartoons. Now, this move is going to help broad base a variety of the different merchandise and really open the doors for all of us, the adults that want to have something stylish and fun for the Disney company. So you're going to be able to look for this very soon. And as they put it, we are creating a new environment for brand licensing. We have compelling characters that sit under Disney and Marvel brands, and we're constantly looking at opportunities that will connect our brand with our customers. And I think clothing is going to do it. So be on the lookout for this. It's coming soon. And I personally am excited to get some new Mickey swag. Now, as we continue pushing along, I'm going through news pretty fast here this week. We got a long show here this week, all of you D-heads. So, so, you know, I'm going to just keep pushing along here. And how about a brand new Disney app? And the Disney app for Xbox 360 has been released. That's right. The new Disney app for Xbox 360 has been designed to deliver the best Disney quality directly to its users through their consoles. Now, it has officially been released by the Disney Interactive Company, and as they have said, what do you look forward to in it? Well, the Disney app is going to feature original web series, classic animated shorts starring Mickey Mouse and Friends, clips, trailers, and Disney Channel, Disney XD, and many other things from the Walt Disney Studios. Plus, the app is also going to allow users to access the best Disney content from across the web, with a variety of different things from future series and programming that is going to be original to the app. So definitely check it out there's going to be a variety of different things including brand new episodes of swampy's underground adventures and if you remember we had dave thomas here on the show you know from strange brew and he also is the guy behind swampy and the animated shorts that's going to be on the app as well so now the all-new app for xbox 360 now continuing on uh, you know in other realms in the walt disney company disney is always known for acquiring a variety of different things well how about somebody acquiring Disney and Hatchet Book Group is going to acquire Disney's Hyperion. Now the Hatchet Book Group, a division of French publishing giant Hatchet Lever, and I hope I didn't butcher that name, says it's buying Disney's Hyperion in a deal that would significantly expand HBG's backlist of about a thousand books and a list of forthcoming titles from authors including Ethan Hawke. Now Hatchet Book Group did not disclose the price that they're paying to acquire Hyperion, which has published more than 250 bestsellers including Jamie's Book Revolution and also Jacqueline Kennedy, Historic Conversations on the Life of John F. Kennedy. Now the Hatchet Book Group CEO president was quoted last Friday saying that Hyperion with its strong nonfiction list is a perfect complement to their company. Now as they're putting it, this is great and uh, you know, I can't say that uh, I don't know what's going to come from it. I'm not an author expert. I like to read books, but uh, we'll see what happens. Now, moving from parks and acquisitions and many other things, how about Disney's Jungle Book that did open in Chicago's Goodman Theater? That's right. Chicago Goodman's Theater had the world premiere of Disney's Jungle Book, which began previews on June 21st. Now, opening night was July 1st, with a second extension week just added now, running through August 11th. Now, Tony Award winner Mary Zimmerman reimagines Walt Disney's 1967 animated hit into a great new stage show full of music and more, with a hint of the original Kipling's 1894 collection of stories and Walt Disney's 1967 animated hit. 
Now this has been opening to rave reviews and it just seems like something that has been on the horizon for quite some years now of making many of Disney's movies into Broadway plays. We'll see what happens with this, but it did open to great response and they are adding more weeks. So if you are in the Chicago area and had a chance to check this one out, definitely shoot us a, shoot us a line, shoot us an email. We want to find out more about it and uh, maybe you can cover it for us here at Disney On Demand. Now pushing right along, let's get into some movie news and how about some DVD releases that are coming up on the horizon and the 20th anniversary edition of Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas that's going to be trick-or-treating into homes on September 10th, 2013. That's right, if there's one thing that all of you D-heads know who know me on a personal level that I love, it is Halloween as well as Disney. And when the two come together... It is something that is just unimaginable. So the 20th anniversary edition of Nightmare Before Christmas is coming to Blu-ray, which a variety of us already have it on Blu-ray. So I am hoping that a variety of the bonus features are going to be something special or whatnot. But you can get ready to celebrate the 20th anniversary of this great Tim Burton classic that is going to be hitting the scenes. I don't need to tell you too much about Nightmare Before Christmas because, come on, we all know it. And we also know how well it is received at the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween, at the Magic Kingdom. You know, it's, it's a huge market. I love Jack Skellington. I mean, I have a variety of different merchandise from him as well, including my Jack Skellington Mickey ears from the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, but it is going to be flying into your homes this September. Now, also coming in September, on September 23rd, is going to be Iron Man 3. Yes, Iron Man 3 is going to fly into your home on September 23rd with a Blu-ray, digital copy, and something a little extra special as they're going to include the music for it as well. Yes, as we have a full summer full of superheroes and more, coming on September 23rd, you're going to be able to enjoy Tony Stark in a brand new chock-full release of Iron Man 3. Now, Marvel's Iron Man 3 is going to be something entirely different in a DVD release as they're going to have a Blu-ray, a DVD, digital copy, and also, as I mentioned, the music for it as well. They're going to have a variety of different things that are just going to make this just, I mean, fantastic. I mean, adding the music to it is going to add some extra depth to this that is just going to be amazing. Now, there also is a variety of different special features as well, including gag reels, Marvel's Iron Man 3 Unmasked, exclusive behind-the-scenes look at Marvel's Thor The Dark World, including deleted and extended scenes, and more. So definitely mark this one off. It is going to be hitting your screen. So, all of you D-heads, I did have a variety of other things here that I'm looking at. And, you know, most of them I have already posted a while ago on our official website at DizRadio.com. So, you know what? I'm just going to leave it at this. And I'm just going to say that, you know, check out our website. You can check out all the extra things there and all the fun features and more. And extra stories, including things from Planes, The Lone Ranger, and more. And I, myself, am going to be hitting up Lone Ranger tonight. So, I am pretty excited for that one. And The Lone Ranger is hitting theaters tonight, so I'm stoked. You can always check out more stories and more, including the latest feeds from our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And there's a variety of different things going on here this week. So I'm going to just release the reins for a while. we got the D-Team coming up. we got Jamie with the Artist Corner. And we also have Aaron with I Want to Know. So we have a variety of different things, including our special guest, Bo Billingsley, who is going to be stopping in very shortly as well, as we continue with show number 40 here this week. So before I let you go, I do want to mention that Diz Radio is officially sponsored by Pixie Vacations. Now, the agents at Pixie Vacations can help you plan your Disney vacation, your Disneyland vacation, Walt Disney World Resort, vacations by Disney, and more. And they can help you get tickets, arrange flights, get your hotels booked, and more at Pixie Vacations. They're knowledgeable agents who can help you inside and out. And you can check out more about them at PixieVacations.com. You can also find their link officially on our website as well. So all of you D-heads, I'm going to take a drink, take a break, and uh, we're going to continue on here for show number 40 for the week of July 3rd, 2013. Be right back, all of you D-heads. All 
dancing words and the flowers croon in the ticky 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 room. Sorry, Vern. <laughs> didn't mean to wake you up. I just didn't want you to miss today's big entertainment extravaganza. That's right, Vern. Today's the big day when your old buddy Ernest P. Worrell will go down in those big fake history books. Just think, Vern. Kids in the future will have my name as one of the multiple choices on all their history exams, like like below the equator or or textiles or or even none of the above. Well, going back to sleep, Vern. You still got a couple hours. And burn. I like you, little bear. <laughs> Blue bear. Oh, oh. The picture you are seeing is coming to you from Splash Mountain at Critter Country in Disneyland, where we're about to witness a momentous occasion in this place where so many historic moments have been celebrated. We are just minutes away from a feat some have compared with Alan Shepard's first ride into space or Neil Armstrong's walk on the moon. We're about to see 
daredevil consultant and world-renowned ride tester Ernest P. Worrell take the maiden voyage on Disneyland's newest attraction, Splash Mountain. In this special television report, we'll learn about the ride, the man, and the meaning of courage as Ernest goes to Splash Mountain. Hey, all the heads, welcome to another segment of the Artist Corner. Today, we're going to continue to talk about Disney's Nine Old Men, get back on track, and talk about Wooly Wolfgang Ritherman. Wolfgang Ritherman, also known and sometimes credited as Wooly Ritherman, was a famed Disney animator and one of Disney's Nine Old Men. Born in Germany, Ritherman's family moved to America when he was a child. After attending Pasadena Junior College and briefly working as a draftsman for Douglas Aircraft, Ritherman returned to school at the Cronard Art Institute, graduating in 1933. Ritherman began working for Disney in 1934, and along with future Disney legends Ward Kimball and Milt Call. All in all, Ritherman worked on various Disney feature films produced from 1940s until his retirement in 1981. Such feature films was Pinocchio, Monstro the Whale, To the Fox and the Hound, which he co-produced. He did the climatic dinosaur scene, Fight, in Igor Stransvinsky, and The Rite of Spring in Fantasia. Ritherman also animated the Headless Horseman scene chase and The Legend of Sleepy Hollow in The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, also The Crocodile and Peter Pan, and Maleficent as a dragon in Sleeping Beauty. In beginning in the 1960s, early 60s, 101 Dalmatians. Wooly, as he was called by friends, served as Disney's chief animation director. One of Ritherman's productions, the 1969 short Winnie the Pooh and the Blisterious Day, won the Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film. He also served as a producer and sequence director and starred himself in a 1941 short entitled The Reluctant Dragon. And on an interesting note, all three of Ritherman's sons, Bruce, Richard, and Robert, provided voices for Disney characters. These voices included Mowgli in The Jungle Book, Christopher Robin in Winnie the Pooh films, and Wart in Sword and Stone. Now, Ritherman also directed several Disney animated films, including 101 Dalmatians in 1961, The Sword and the Stone in 63, The Jungle Book in 67, The Aristocrats in 1970, and also Robin Hood in 1973 to go along with The Rescuers in 1977. He was also known for reusing animation sequences in movies that were directed by him. Now, according to former Disney animator Floyd Norman, he says about Wooly that this is just one of his trademarks and he had nothing to do with time or cost of savings. Floyd Norman goes on to say that Wooly was one of our directors on The Jungle Book. Reusing animation pieces was just Wooly's thing. He never did it to save money, and that he says he really don't think that the old guard ever had any interest in saving money. Floyd Norman goes on to say that he was never a big fan of reused of animation scenes, but it wasn't his place to tell these old guys what to do. Old guys such as Disney's Nine Old Men. Floyd Norman also goes on to say that it never seemed to bother Walt Disney, and that he never heard him complain about reusing animation pieces. Now, it was well known that Willie Ritherman involved himself in high animated sequenced scenes. Wooly was very popular in animating these types of scenes because of his skills in animation in the high-packed action scenes. You can bet if it was a high-packed action scene, Wooly Ritherman animated it. 
Now, sadly, back in 1985, Wooly Ritherman was killed in a car accident near his home in Burbank, California, at the age of 75. And then in 1989, he was posthumously named as a Disney legend. Now, in today's Disney Family album, Buddy Ebsen talks about the life and times of Wooly Ritherman as a Disney animator. As an animator, director, and producer, his name appeared on Disney films as Wolfgang Ritherman. But since his earliest years, he's been known as Wooly. And since his earliest years, Wooly Ritherman has had a taste for action. Wooly Ritherman never panicked. After Walt Disney's death, Disney animation was like a plane without power. Ritherman became the pilot in the hot seat. Sovereign Sassafras! Action and danger were Willie Ratherman's trademarks. You can share his sense of adventure here in the Disney Family Album. Willie Ratherman started animating for Disney in 1933. I was sort of recruited out of art school, and I really didn't want to go to Disney's because I'd heard you made drawings over and over and over. His first assignment, The Magic Mirror, in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, didn't really give him a chance to spread his wings. In the 1930s, Wooly and the other young Disney artists learned how to make their animation imitate life. They did it by observing life in places like the nearby Griffith Park Zoo. I think a lot of the time we didn't know what we were striving for, but we knew that observation of life and building a vocabulary of observation about it animals and so on uh, gave us a better understanding about movement in general and of course we were all eager and we were compulsive drawers and it was great fun to come over here and draw and bring your lunch. The animators knew that their work would have to come alive on the screen but this was no simple task. The flower of this medium was to instill life into a drawing. By the time Fantasia went into production in 1938 Willie understood movement so well he could animate animals that in real life were extinct. The beginning of analysis of movement, action analysis, of course, is the skeleton. Using what he knew about anatomy, Willie also exaggerated movement to comic proportions as with the crocodile in Peter Pan. Oh, I know some of the guys criticized me for there's no crocodile in the world that a man can, can stand straight up in and hold the jaws apart <laughs> like that. I says, nobody's going to care about that if it's funny. Willie's instinct for leadership made him Disney's choice to direct The Jungle Book, a movie that blended action and personality as well as animation ever had. We used an orangutan in Jungle Book because that's actually what Rudyard Kipling had in his, uh, in his Jungle Book story. For the voice of Mowgli, the man-cub, Willie had to look no further than his own backyard. His son, Bruce, had the perfect pitch for the part. There's another fellow, another small boy that had been involved in the, doing the voice, voice for Jungle Book who came back one afternoon with a voice that was three octaves lower and uh, all of a sudden they needed somebody in a big hurry and I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. He was natural and that's what we wanted. And uh, he was still in that uh, awkward stage, shall we say, that really made him a, a small boy. Under Willie's direction, the animators could get practically any personality into a bear's body, from the bouncing balloon to the gentle Winnie the Pooh. From 1933 to 1981, the best action sequences in Disney films were either animated, directed, or produced by Willie Ratherman. In The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, we, we did a chase with a headless horseman, and uh, it, it had all the vibrant guts 
potential that you could want. And again, I just use the start with one drawing and keep going and see what happens. And in Sleeping Beauty, Willie directed the fight scene between the prince and the dragon. Something's happening all the time of a, of a life and death nature. Walt wasn't afraid of death, whether it got a, whether it pleased or displeased an audience because he thought that was true to life. And how can you be wrong if you're making a true statement? Walt Disney died in 1966 during the production of The Jungle Book. Woolley succeeded Walt as producer of the animated films. No one had admired Disney more or understood him better. I thought he was great without being sentimental about it. He was uh, simple yet very complex and sometimes very sophisticated and had an appreciation for newness and a curiosity for newness. Uh, he, he liked people around him that were willing to try and dare, even though they didn't know quite where they were going or why even, sometimes. For the decade following Disney's death, Woolley's strength held everything together. There was no replacement for Wall, and in my view, the, the main thing was to keep this team together and keep the same creative juices flowing that they had with Wall. And uh, I always had little meetings so that those animators who were the, who were the key to producing any, any picture, so that those guys were in on the decisions, and it wasn't a fearless leader type of, of thing by any means and you got an awful lot of good input and when it finally got got a little solidified solidified they felt they were they were part of the creative process instead of dumping it out there and saying look do it under Willie's team style leadership the aristocats was the first picture produced after disney's death this was survival as far as i was concerned and most of the animators were concerned it was survival to keep this thing going this thing called Walt Disney Animation. The Aristocats was a hit. And from 1967 to 1981, Wooly and the team who helped create the classic Disney feature films went on to make three more. Robin Hood, Rescuers, and The Fox and the Hound. They all carried Wooly's love of character and physical action and a leadership style he developed as a pilot in World War II. Once you make up your mind, fly the flight plan out. Just as a pilot keeps his plane in the air... Willie Ryderman guided Disney animation to new heights. I remember World War II when I was flying. The main thing was to keep that, that airplane up in the air. That was my, my feeling that this great group of, of animators, really the best in the world, needed to stay airborne towards, an, towards a, a new objective. We had to keep going, going onward and upward. Now taking us into the parks for Disney Art News, join us June 22nd for the Hollywood and Dine Cell release at the Animation Gallery at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Join us on Saturday, June 22nd, 2013 from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and then again from 2 to 5 p.m. at the Animation Gallery inside Disney's Hollywood Studios for the release of the Hollywood and Dine Cell. This piece features Minnie and Mickey and a hand-painted Goofy as they celebrate the golden age of Hollywood at the iconic Hollywood Brown Derby located inside Disney's Hollywood Studios. The first 750 frame cells ordered will come with a special limited edition pin to commemorate the release of the Hollywood and Dine. The ink and paint cell frames are wooden frames with options with either black or gold finishing. All ink and paint cells are framed in museum grade plexi to preserve the delicate art. Now, if you're unable to attend the premiere of the event of Hollywood and Dine, but would still like to purchase the ink and paint cell, you can contact the Walt Disney Event Services to pre-order your cell at area code 
827-7600. That's a call you can make Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. All pre-orders must be placed with the Disney events no later than Friday, June 21st by 12 p.m. And that wraps it up for this week for the Artist Corner. I hope you'll join us next week when we talk about Disney legend and Disney animator of Nine Old Men, Eric Larson. We'll see you for the next segment, and we'll see you real soon. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities are Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities. That's why a bear can rest at ease with just the bare necessities of life. Now when you pick a pawpaw or a prickly pear, and you prick a raw paw, well next time beware. Don't pick the prickly pear by the paw. When you pick a pear, try to use the claw. But you don't need to use the claw when you pick a pair of the big paw paw. Have I given you a clue? The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Just try and relax, yeah, cool it, fall apart in my backyard. Cause let me tell you something, little wretches, if you act like that bee acts, uh-uh, you're working too hard. And don't spend your time looking around for something you want that can't be found. 
When you find out you can live without it and go along not thinking about it, I'll tell you something true. The bare necessities of life will come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean it. Hi, this is Bruce Reitherman. I was the voice of Mowgli in the Jungle Book, and you're listening to Disney on Command. Yeah, man. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron. Welcome to another installment of I Want to Know. We have more great questions this week, so let's reach into the virtual mailbag and see what we have. Our first question is from Scott from Chicago, and he writes, Aaron, looking back at my old pictures at the Magic Kingdom, I noticed I had a Country Bear shirt on with Big Al. I asked my mom if she still had this shirt. Sadly, she did not. But I did notice it was a Vacation Hoedown t-shirt. My question to you is how long did the vacation show for the Bears last, and how was it received? I do miss that show looking back now. Well, this is my second Country Bears question, and I'm so glad to see there's still love out there for those bears. What a lot of people might forget is that the Country Bear Jamboree was original to Walt Disney World on opening day in 1971, and was so popular it was replicated in Disneyland. Unfortunately, it was never as popular at Disneyland as it was at the Magic Kingdom. The Country Bear Vacation Hoedown was an attraction created due to the overwhelming popularity of the Country Bear Jamboree. In Disneyland, it opened in February 1986, replacing the original show. That May, the Disney World version followed suit. It remained at Disney World until February 1992, when the original show returned. At Disneyland, however, the hoedown remained until the Country Bear Playhouse closed forever on September 9, 2001 to make room for the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. On July 15, 1994, the show opened at Tokyo Disneyland as Vacation Jamboree and is still in the rotation today. Because the show was a vacation hoedown, the characters in the show were put into vacation outfits for their various acts. For example, Big Al wore a plaid flannel shirt with a miner's hat and camping gear. Henry wore his old Camp Grizzly t-shirt which barely fit him and a Scoutmaster's hat. Liver Lips McGraw became an Elvis impersonator appearing as a mountain climber wearing an Elvis style shirt with blue lederhosen. He played a Fender Stratocaster guitar with a strap and a portable amplifier. This special variation of the classic show features the country bears celebrating the many joys of summer and the great outdoors. Its opening is different from the other show because Max, Buff, and Melvin do not talk at the beginning. Instead, the five bear rugs can be heard tuning up their instruments, Zeke calls for Rufus to turn on the lights, and the show begins with the great outdoors, sung by the five bear rugs and Henry. Examples of other songs included Life's No Picnic Without You, sung by Trixie, On the Road Again, sung by Wendell, 
On My Way to Your Heart, sung by Big Al, and Thank God I'm a Country Bear, sung by the entire cast. During the holiday season, the Bears still perform their Christmas show in Florida through 2005. Attendance struggled during the vacation hoedowns run in Florida, so the Kingdoms. So at the Kingdom's 20th anniversary in 1992, the original show returned to rotate with the Christmas show as it had since 1984. I found it to be a fun show, and thanks to YouTube, you can relive the full show. Our next question comes from Heather, and she writes, In the film, Watcher in the Woods, they play a game in the film, and ultimately that is how Karen gets trapped into another world. Does that game really exist in fun, mythology, etc.? Know what I mean. I know it doesn't really work, but have people tried much like Bloody Mary? Well, The Watcher in the Woods features the great Betty Davis. It was a 1980 film that suffered from various production problems and was pulled from theaters after its initial release in 1980. It was re-released in 1981 after being re-edited and a revised ending added. The story concerns a teenage girl, Jan, and her little sister, Ellie, who become encompassed in a supernatural mystery regarding a missing girl in the English countryside. Mrs. Islewood is the owner of the residence, and her daughter, Karen, had disappeared 30 years ago into a church during a seance-like ceremony linked with the solar eclipse. She disappeared after lightning struck the tower and a bell fell on top of her. Jan figures out she needs to repeat the sequence through the strange possession of Ellie. She explains how Karen was taken to another dimension while an alien-like being, the Watcher, came to Earth. During the ceremony, the Watcher appears and tries to take Jan, but she is saved before it disappears. Karen reappears at the same age she was as when she disappeared. Now, I couldn't find any references to this ceremony, which was called the Circle of Friendship, but Disney shied away from referring to it as witchcraft. It has similar characteristics to Wiccan ceremonies, but I imagine it's a conglomeration of various types of superstition and imagination, especially since the movie is so different than the book it's based on. Well, our final question this week comes from Tim, and he writes, Okay, Aaron, I'm keeping this one simple. I hope for you. In the film Flubber with Robin Williams, I know as a remake... But are there any homages I should be aware of to the original classic in the film? Well, Flubber is a 1997 remake of The Absent-Minded Professor from 1961. Since this is a remake, there are obvious homages to the original. Professor Philip Brainerd, played by the hilarious Robin Williams, is a professor at Medfield College. He must be related to Ned Brainerd, the original Absent-Minded Professor. As in the original, he misses his wedding when he becomes preoccupied with his discovery, Flubber. As in the original, there is another man vying for the love of his fiancée, Sarah. He also uses Flubber to make his car fly and to make the basketball team play better. As before, we have a happy ending with a wedding of Professor Brainerd and Sarah. Many gags are embellishments from the 1961 film, with John Hughes, who brought us such great as National Lampoon's Vacation and Home Alone, rewriting the original Bill Walsh screenplay. So a lot of the homages are found in the humor of the film, and honestly, it probably takes seeing the original to discover them all in Flubber. 
Well, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Keep all the great questions coming in. Remember to include your name and location so I can give you credit. Send your questions to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. All right, one, two, three. If you've just been wishing I'd go in fishing and you're still on the shore. Grab your camping gear and meet us right here. Y'all have the fun in store. It's time for a vacation, for some rest and relaxation. Get your cares and join our fairs and great outdoors. Ain't nothing like the great outdoors to ease your soul. Ain't nothing like the great outdoors to keep you from growing old. If your mind's been hazy and you're feeling lazy and down on all fours. Join us bears and suck up some air in the great outdoors. Welcome to the Country Bear Vacation Holdout. Got up my old camp t-shirt. Still fits, kinda, and I'm raring to go. How about you, boys? Just lead the way, Henry. All right. Melvin. Wake up! The way you're always hibernating, you must be part bear. Oh, I'm only part moose as it is. Here we go! Us bears, we do love nature and tramping through the woods. Us bears, we do love fishing every hour if we could. Us bears, we do love singing in country harmony. And if y'all won't join us, we'll chase you up a tree. Now that's real country, boy. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. Uh, uh, With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I'm back once again, and I hope you're enjoying this week's show. There's been a lot of fun things going on here. As we're starting off the 4th of July weekend, we have a lot of fun things happening here throughout the show. And in just a couple of minutes, we have Bo Billingsley. Yes, the actor from Star Trek Into Darkness, Naruto, Disney XD, Hannah Montana the Movie, Cowboy Bebop, and more is going to be stopping in here very shortly. Now, the show is already running crazy long because we've had so much excitement as we have now restored our website and returned back here at Disney On Demand, so I'm going to keep this part a little bit short, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a call out to all of you D-heads out there. We are looking for new D-team members that want to hook up and connect up here at Disney On Demand, so if you have something special that you think you could bring to the show, a new segment, maybe a writer for the blog, you name it, we want to hear from you, or maybe you just want to, you know, find out other ways you can stay connected, become part of the street team, you know, we want you to become part of our family. So what we want you to do is email us directly at dizradio at gmail.com. That's D-I-Z radio at gmail.com and shoot us an email. Get in there with us and let us know. You don't have to be a professional. You've never had to have to do this before. All we want is for you to have a love of Disney. So we're looking for you to join up here on the D-Team. Now also, all of you D-Heads, we're going to be running a contest very soon where you can win some very special things. Now these are some great prizes that we're going to be having coming very soon. 
that you are just truly going to enjoy. And we're going to have those posted on the website very soon as well. So stay tuned for our new Magical Memories contest that is going to be coming in the next two weeks. Now also, all of you D-heads, there's a variety of different things going on here at the show. We have all new merchandise that's coming, and we want your feedback. How would you like to interact here at Disney On Demand? Would you like us to do a live show, you know, once a month, do a live show for all of you to interact? Would you like us to create a forum or some kind of social board where we could interact and talk back and forth? So once again, shoot us an email, let us know, you know, just shoot us those emails and say, hey, you know, here's what we think. You know, we want to hear from you. We want you to interact. Right now, we hear from you every single week. You guys are always emailing us like crazy. We're getting a variety of emails left and right. You guys comment. But let's see if we can bring that to another level and have all the D-heads connect back and forth as well. So shoot us your suggestions. Let us know how you would like to interact here at Disney On Demand. So all of you D-heads, you know, as I mentioned, there was a lot of things going on. The website went down, so we had to restore that. A lot of fun things. But you know what? I am not going to ramble too much longer. We have a lot more fun here going this week. So this week, because it is the 4th of July weekend, I just want to keep the show the kind of show where you can just have some fun. Sit back, enjoy, enjoy the interviews, the segments from the D-team, and just have some fun here this week for the 4th of July. So I'm going to cut my rambling a little short. We've already given you a ton of news hot off the D-wire. So, you know what? I'm just going to release the reins to the D-team member, Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under. And she's going to give you a little bit more about Bo Bolingsley, who is right here waiting on the line. Bo is going to be stopping in here very shortly. So, as I let you go, have some fun. It's not the last you heard of me. So I'm going to release the reins to Lexi, and uh, you know what? As I keep telling you, I'm not going to ramble. I keep on rambling. That's it, D-heads. All right. I really mean it this time. I'm going to quit my rambling and uh, take it away, Lexi. Here in the land of was the having twice the fun Cause every single thing is really two in one A little bit of this, a little bit of that And when you add it up, you get a lot of less Ooh, they got originality Living with split personality With a wazzle Ooh, yeah With a wazzle Uh-huh, yeah Hey D-Heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. Welcome aboard the Liberty Bell. I'm your captain, Horace Bixby, and my pilot with me here on the Texas deck is a young cub that goes by the name of Sam Clements. He's marking his 100th voyage down the river today with nary a calamity on his watch uh, so far. Uh, Sam knows this river like his own backyard. Uh, Sam, tell our guest everything you know about this river. Well, now. 
I always figure it is better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid than to open it and remove all doubt. But I will tell you this. I love this river more than anything else. This is Ken Page, and I'm the voice of Oogie Boogie. And I want you to know you're listening to Disney On Demand. This week's special guest is a very talented actor and voice actor, Mr. Bo Billingsley. We are so lucky to have him here with us. He has had such a diverse and exciting career. I really did enjoy my research this week. So, Bo is probably most well known for his work on character voices in anime films, shows, and video games, but he has made a number of appearances for Disney as well. For us D-heads, we can see Bo in the Hannah Montana movie and in a few episodes of the Disney Channel's Wizards of Waverly Place. We can also hear Bo in a number of video games. He has also worked on some of the shows that are a little more geared towards the grown-up audience, like Married with Children, Weeds, The Young and the Restless, and Who's the Boss? Bo has done a lot of work in the world of anime. I read that his favourite anime role to date is Jet Black from the anime series Cowboy Bebop. His career is certainly one of fun and exploring a range of different characters. Now, a lot of the characters that Bo has lent his voice to are said to be muscular and bulky men. He has such a strong and deep voice, so I guess that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> also. Bo is a very skilled sportsman. Out of high school, he was offered a contract to play baseball with the Kansas City Athletics. However, his dad encouraged him to further his education, so he went to college at the University of Connecticut. He got there on a football scholarship. So, we can see the connection between sports and the anime characters that Bo works on. Here is something particularly interesting. Earlier on in his career, Bo was a captain in the military. I think that jump from the military to acting is amazing. It makes sense for Bo to use his experience in the military for some of the characters he brings to life, including the ones in Jag and Cowboy Bebop. It certainly takes a special kind of person to be interested in both worlds. Not only is Bo great at sport, but he is incredibly intelligent too. He actually began acting professionally while he was attending law school. That's right, Bo practiced criminal law as well. Wow! Bo's work ethic is definitely impressive and something that we can all admire. He once said that his rigorous work ethic comes from his parents, who had multiple jobs as a part of their daily lives. What I find particularly interesting is the fact that Bo began working as a voice actor 
after he was already an accomplished actor on screen. He once said that he was approached to bring his voice to African accents for the American dubs of some foreign films. I think that's pretty cool. And just a few more of Bo's hidden talents. He speaks German, Italian, and French, and is a trained singer. Wow, I really am impressed. Bo really enjoyed his contribution to the anime series Cowboy Bebop, in which he gives his voice to the character Jet Black. Bo credited its long-running success to the beautiful music, the great writing, the timeless interweaving of characters and their relationships, and the fact that anyone watching can relate to it. Bo has also worked on a wealth of other anime projects, including Naruto and the Digimon series. Showing another side of his brilliant versatility, Bo has narrated a few TV shows, mostly on the History Channel. This includes Dangerous Missions and Modern Marvel episodes. He also appeared in a range of movies like Star Trek Into Darkness as Captain Abbott and An American President as Agent Cooper. Bo was also in the Patrick Swayze miniseries North and South and was on General Hospital for a couple of years. With such a lively and exciting career, I can surely say thank you Bo Billingsley. Without you, Disney would definitely not be the same. <laughs> I'm painting toys for girls and boys. Hurry up, Donald. I'm a clown. Get your Mickey or Donald toy filled with puppets, new super tasting caramel cereal. Happy puppets, happy puppets, new super tasting caramel cereal. Have fun with your puppet toys. Play with them. Use them for banks. Put on a circus. Sleep with them. Eat with them. Nutritious puppets from the Bisco at food stores. He's gonna make it right to the top. That crazy moving, grooving kid who just won't stop. He's gonna rearrange the good old status quo and get it all together with the things he's got to know. He's gonna make it. He's gonna make it. He's gonna take this cockeyed world and shake it. He's gonna show them he's a winner in the end with a little bit of luck. A little bitty barefoot friend. When they start rapping that he's too young, he makes his mind up that he'll wind up number one. And the whole wide world will know that he's around. The 
other cats get uptight and try to put him down. He's gonna make it. He's gonna make it. He's gonna take this cockeyed world and shake it. He's gonna show them he's a winner in the end. With a little luck and a little bitty barefoot friend. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you fans out there, you tuned in to another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with us here this week, as we continue to uncover all the people, the actors, the voices, and the faces that you know, we have somebody that is no stranger to any of you. You may have heard his voice on a variety of different things from Modern Marvels. You also know him as Jet Black from Cowboy Bebop. He's also been on a variety of different things like Hannah Montana the movie and also Naruto on Disney's XD but lately, he is also in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek Into Darkness as Captain Abbott. We have none other than Boba Lingsley with us here this week. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Uh, thank you very much, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Uh, it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody with your resume. I mean, you have so many different things from, you know, television shows like General Hospital, Who's the Boss, Married with Children, and like we mentioned, Wizards of Waverly Place, uh, you know, being on Naruto and Disney XD. I guess uh, before we jump into all of that, uh, you know, before you got into acting, you played some football, you were an attorney. I guess uh, what led you down the path of uh, the career that you're doing now? Oh, well. Actually, I started like I think it was in fifth or sixth grade. I did I sang Silent Night at the, uh, in, the in the Christmas play, and I uh, and I did the Hambone on uh, in the talent show, and <laughs> um, and then my uh, then my acting career went dormant for a while, <laughs> and uh, but in college 
um, I don't know if you were a college, I was called captain of the football team, and one of my fraternity brothers was directing a show called Emperor Jones uh, by Eugene O'Neill. And it was a show that Paul Wilson had done and, and uh, James Earl Jones. So he said that he thought it would be a nice thing to, to, for, for me to do, especially it would bring the campus together, because back in the day, um, football players and guys who were in ROTC didn't mix so well with the theater arts people, you know. <laughs> they, they had names for us and we had names for them and, and all of that. So actually, so I did it. And uh, I don't know if you know the play, but um, yeah, I had uh, a lot of uh, monologues and he was going, losing his mind. So it was a lot of fun. And I was bitten by the bug. <laughs> and that was, uh, obviously that was when I was in college. And, um, and then um, I went on to... Um, Went on to law school. You know, I had letters for the NFL draft and stuff, but because of Vietnam, I, I couldn't go. So I went on to law school. And then, um, so my career went dormant again. And, but, uh, when I was in the service, I actually, in the army in Germany, I actually did a number of shows. I did the lead in Dracula, Del Book and Candle, uh, so, um, Bad Seed. So my, my career, um, came alive again. And, um, and then when I got out of the service, um, on my last, Case in San Francisco, actually, it was a murder trial, and I came down here and started the adventure. Now, it's interesting, too, because uh, a lot of my friends and acquaintances said, that, what are you, nuts? You know? <laughs> <laughs> what are you, crazy? And, uh, but I, uh, and as a matter of fact, when I came out here, my, one of my uncles, my, my father's brother, called me, and he said, uh, oh, what are you doing in Hollywood? Who do you know in Hollywood? You don't know anybody in Hollywood. He said, get your butt back home and get a job. <laughs> so, but anyway, I talked to my dad about it, and um, and he said, you know, he had spent his life getting up going to jobs that he never liked. So he said, if you if this is something you really, really want to do, he says, you do it. He said, you still have your education. You can fall back on that. And uh, once I got my dad's blessing, that was it. I could, I could just go, you know. <laughs> you know how that goes. Oh, definitely. You know, that's the kind of thing where once you have their blessings, you know that it's all good. And, you know, like he stated, you know, it's one of those things where you had college in place. You always had something to fall back on. But uh, you didn't have to do that because, you know, here you are years later in so many different uh, television shows and series and whatnot. And it truly has been a journey, um, I guess, leading all the way up. I guess uh, looking back on those early days of all the television shows and all that kind of fun stuff, I guess, was there kind of an energy and excitement of just being on the set and that kind of feeling where, you're living your dream. This is it. Here you are. And, you know, seeing yourself, you know, telling your family, all right, turn on to this channel this time. You know, you're going to see me on the West Wing. You got to check it out. You know, is is there that kind of excitement still behind it? I tell you, I still have the excitement, Jonathan. I still have the excitement. Um, uh, actually, I was having this conversation not long ago that uh, my wife, periodically, she said, stop it, little boy. You know, so <laughs> I'm still like a little boy in a way. And I still, I'm still excited about Hollywood. I'm excited for my friends when I see them in a project, in some movie or TV show. Um, I'm excited when I'm on the set, and because you know, I, I'm so lucky to be involved with so many interesting, fascinating, talented people. That um, you know, I play a, a, a judge on um, on Franklin and Bash, and um, uh, <laughs> Seth Green did a gift spot on there. And when he and Brett and Meyer got together, I'll tell you, it was, it was side-splitting. These guys were so, so funny that by the time it was time for me to work, my jaws were aching from, from laughing. 
all of their improv and their clowning around, you know, and I was thinking, no, I'm getting paid for this. Life's not too bad. <laughs> I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to do what I love and to and to make a living with it. I have a wonderful family, two wonderful children, two wonderful granddaughters, and um, as a matter of fact, uh, a few years ago, I did a, a show on Nickelodeon called Just Stewart. I played a grandpa in Atlanta Diner, and my granddaughter had the uh, was was me from school just talking about when am I coming on the set? When I said whenever your mommy brings you, and so she started working on the set, and she uh, she was uh, uh, you know she would do atmosphere stuff. And the last show of the first season, we had a big food fight. I mean, it was a real big food fight, cake and and and, and Kool Aid being thrown at me. And so luckily, my daughter was my granddaughter was working that day, and one of the atmosphere people, adults, didn't show up, so my daughter worked too. So they got to throw food at me and mess me all up totally on television. So <laughs> if, if you you have an opportunity to to, to uh, be with your family doing what you love while you're working, it's it's a total blessing. Definitely, you know, and you've been part of a variety of those different kinds of family shows. Like I said, you you know, from Nickelodeon, Hannah Montana the movie, Wizards of Waverly Place, and then of course, you know, myself, I have four kids, and of course having boys, Disney XD, and being part of Naruto, I guess, uh, how is it doing that? I mean, doing, uh, you know, this uh, a widely popular anime series, I guess, how is it bringing that character to life? Because the history behind it is just so immense and so, uh, I guess, real that... Uh, you know, it's amazing how well it's even been accepted in in the United States. Yeah, it is. It's it's. Uh, it's I'm really excited about doing Naruto, and and the the um the thing is, it has such a it has such a wonderful long life, and we know that we have a, a fan base out there. As a matter of fact, my I was talking. We were at dinner with my family, and my granddaughter. I just happened to mention that we had we had uh, taped, I uh, recorded uh, some shows at Naruto and she had, Papa, you do normal. What do you do? I said, well, I, I went to Fort Raikage and uh, Homura. And she said, oh, cool. I can't wait to tell my friends. And then the friends said, no. And uh, it, it made me a hit in her circle. And and my, she is 16 now. And, you know, yeah, I've always had a great relationship with her. Uh, but, you know, she's a teenager. And so you can, she's not thinking about her grandfather so much. But because of Naruto, it actually has uh, kind of rekindled uh, her interest in me, and, he, and so I, I text her, and she texts me back, and and uh, and her friends, because some of her friends are in the business, and um, Naruto has been good for me in more than you know, more than one way. And the the, the, the Raikage, he's a big, bold character who's uh, you know trying to do good, kind of chase down. Find his brother, and and um, so whenever I get the call to do Naruto, I'm uh, I'm jumping up and down because I just I just love it, and it's a, a continued connection with the younger generation and my my granddaughter. I mean, definitely, like you said too, it is that that connection. I mean, it is huge, and you know, doing anime and uh, you know, doing that kind of role and Disney XD, I think, is a fantastic channel that really brings a. A different flair to the Disney fans out there but you know anime you're no stranger to any of that because uh, you know one of the biggest cult anime out there is Cowboy Bebop and you were able to be part of that as Jet Black now looking back at that is that the kind of thing where if somebody hears your voice or they know you that uh, um, you know right away they're like 
Cowboy Bebop. I know it right away. I mean, you see it everywhere. I mean, do you get notif- I guess uh, noticed for that uh, pretty often? Oh yeah, I do. I do a lot. And uh, thanks to Facebook, uh, I have interaction with uh, the fans all over the world. It's uh, it's an astonishing franchise. Uh, Cowboy Bebop has been wonderful uh, for me and for my career. And again, I think connecting with the younger people um, and. The, the role of Jet Black is, I don't know how much you've seen of it, but in a way, he's like, he, he has a lot of me in it, you know. Uh, uh, Spike and Faye, they're kind of like my kids on the, on the, um, on the, on the Bebop, you know. But for the fans out there who don't know, the Bebop is my uh, spaceship, and uh, we're bounty hunters in the future, and we're looking, looking for the bad guys. And um, so Spike and Faye and myself, we're uh, chasing them, you know, chasing them down, and and I have to kind of keep them and keep them in check. And sometimes it's very hard to do. And I, uh, there are some times where uh, they disappear, and I'm on the spaceship alone with I and our dog, and, and Ed, our our computer, a little computer geek, and I'm mumbling to myself, I wonder where they are. I don't care. I don't care where they are. You know, I, I don't need them. I don't. I don't, I don't need them. I don't need Spike. I don't need Barry. And then uh, they show up, and I'm like a little boy. Hey, where are you guys you know, and like doing that kind of role, like you said, it has such a cult following. You get to interact with the fans, and you know that's going to bring us forward. That uh, you know, being on this spaceship, that's of course going to bring us to the newest film you're doing with Star Trek Into Darkness as Captain Abbott. You know, on uh, the SS Bradbury. Uh, you know, I guess uh, one, how is it landing that kind of role, being part of this? Uh, you know, I guess rebirth of the Star Trek franchise because you know everyone always had Trekkies, but. Uh, the newest films have now donned a uh, a whole new breed of Trekkie fans out there. How is it being part of this? And you know, what are some of your favorite parts of the newest film, uh, Into Darkness? Well, it's it's fantastic being part of it, and I'll, I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, when I I auditioned, and I didn't know what I was auditioning for, because <laughs> you know how Hollywood is now; uh, everything is kept very secret. And, uh, very often they don't even give you the sides till you show up to audition and say, well, come early, so we'll give you the sides. And then you, you audition and then they take the sides from you. And, and even in voiceover work, there's a lot of things that, that you audition for that there's, there's no name on it. And so, I went by audition and it was not a bad robot, you know, a J.J. Abrams production company, so I had no clue. So, I, I auditioned, and uh, I think a week or so, maybe two weeks later, my manager called, and she said, you know, Bo, you remember that little thing you uh, you auditioned for a couple weeks ago? I said, yeah, she said, you booked it. I said, great, 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 okay. Well, what is it? She says, well, it's this little movie called Star Trek. <laughs> 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 One of the few times in my life I was speechless, because my mind had not gone there at all, right? And uh, so I just thought, Wow, stuff, really? She said, yep, 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 that's it. And I still didn't know what role I was playing. And um, so, you know, as it comes to pass, I'm playing Captain Abbott, uh, the captain of a, of a starship. And I don't know if the name of my starship rang a bell with you, the uh, SS Bradbury. But uh, that's, I mean, I didn't talk to the writers, but I don't think that's an accident. Because Ray Bradbury is one of the great science fiction writers of all time. And I think that the name of my spaceship is an homage to Ray Bradbury. So 
that made it even extra special for me because, you know, we lost him last year. I think it was last year that, that he passed on. So, um, it was, uh, that, that was, that in and of itself, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, this is, this is, this is very, this is very cool. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm signed to Secret Shades, so I can't talk about much, too much about it, but I think, in com- comparing this one to JJ's first one, I think this is a bit darker, and, uh, but it's, it's action packed as, in, as uh, all of JJ's projects, it's also great. Um, action packed, the first Star Trek was action packed, and this was action packed too, with terrific special effects, and, uh, terrific action, a, a wonderful, I mean, it's all of the action. Well, and the film just keeps getting rave, rave reviews constantly over and over again. It's getting a ton of reviews. And, you know, I mean, you know, being part of it, like you said, it isn't the kind of thing where it was an accident. Being part of the SS Bradbury, it truly was an homage to the man, the creator, the the guy behind it all. Now, uh, you know, like you said, you are sworn to secrecy, but you are involved with, uh, you already signed on for the next film in the Star Trek franchise. But being on the set, is there any... Uh, I guess any fun mishaps or fun things that uh, you can recall or remember being on the set? Quick story: I was in makeup, and I heard this trumpet doing scales. And you know, trumpets are a loud instrument. So there was this person in their uh, dressing room in their trailer doing scales, and like three trailers over. I said, "What the heck is that?" And they said, "Oh, that's Peter Weller doing his scales on his trumpet." When he, when he, when he, when he, he finished, he came to make up, uh, Bruce was there. Bruce says, uh, told me, said, you know, Peter, the trumpet's a beautiful, wonderful instrument, uh, but scales are for at home, songs are for in public. <laughs> so, he, he kind of, uh, he sold it softly, but to tell him, you know, we really don't want to hear you doing scales. Every day, whenever you're in your dressing room, so he took the hint and he he stopped doing his scales. Now, uh, you know, I guess uh, being on the set and you know being part of this uh, franchise, like you said, it truly is an honor being part of it all. Um, you know, when you first had that first day walking on the set and uh, and whatnot, like you said, you're always in awe. You always are appreciative of you know your entire career. Um, was there that moment when? All of a sudden, it dawned on you. You're on the set. You're in your makeup. You know, you're playing a captain, and you're like, "Wow, I'm in a Star Trek film." Yeah, you know, it actually hit me before that. It hit me a wardrobe. I had four wardrobe fittings. <laughs> now that's a lot. Four wardrobe fittings, and they took measurements like down my torso, every four inches, and uh, they because they made they made my uh, my uniform from scratch. Um, and it had to be form fitting, and they I mean, they took every detail to the nth degree. It was, and I'm thinking, wow, this is they're paying attention to a lot of detail. And then the other time it made my wife actually took me two days to get the authorization, but I was able to bring my wife on the set. And you know, we used several sound stages there at Sony. There wasn't really room at Paramount at the time, so we we shot uh, at Sony Studios, and. Um, so they gave us a van and gave, we, we got a tour. And so she walked around on the bridge of the Enterprise 
she went to um, the transporter room uh, to sick bay, and watching her excitement really fed my own excitement to say, really, this is, and I started thinking back when I saw William Shatner on the first TV series back back in the day, you know, which looks really hokey now when you look at it because the way special effects have, have, uh, have, have gone over the years. But uh, it really, it, it really, and also I started reflecting on my career and where I am and, and, and how fortunate I am as, 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 a, as, a, as a human being. Um, that was, to answer your question, that was walking around on the bridge and, and on, on the set with my with my wife. She was just the two of us. Because they were shooting on another soundstage at the time for the carpenters who were doing their work or whatever. And um, and she would just look at the, and we're standing on the bridge, and she'd look around and she'd look at me, not say a word, just smile. And uh, it was very special. You know, and that's the kind of thing where I can only imagine what it's like being on the set. You get those moments that, that, that moment where you, you know, like you said, she's enjoying the moment with you, which always makes it appreciative. And like I said, you are already, you know, signed on for the next film. So uh, we can all say that, hey, you know, at least we know that Captain Abbott doesn't uh, pass away in the new film, which I did have a pleasure of seeing. It is a fantastic film. Now, I guess pushing aside from Star Trek, is there any projects or anything that uh, you're currently working on or, or voice work that anyone can hear you that uh, you can let us in on or anything that's upcoming that you can let us know about? Um, as we talked about Naruto, and um, but um, I did a web series called Suit Up with Barry Corbin. It's actually Suit Up Two because the first season was last year, and I did the second season this year with uh, Barry Corbin and Mark Evan Jackson. And I play a, uh, a college basketball coach, and we went to Winter Gardens and had a nice had a nice time there. We were there for a couple of weeks uh, shooting, but it's called Suit Up Two. And, um, I did War of the World's Goliath. I voiced a character called, named Abraham Douglas. And, um, the, the leads in there were Adrian Paul from Highlander. I don't know if you're familiar with Highlander. Uh, Merrill Lynch, a commercial. I'm going to be shooting, uh, a Nissan spot. It's a general hospital. You know, I was on general hospital early in the 90s. Uh, and I played a character that was best friends with Tony Geary. And since started last year, I think it is, I came back as a new character, uh, Judge Cole. And um, so I'm a family law judge. And so that's been a very nostalgic move for me to, to, to go back uh, after uh, 20 years later after having done a show uh, to, uh, to come back. You know, a lot of the characters are gone. Tony is still there. Um, so... My next episode, I think, will be June 3rd, and I'll be uh, on General Hospital. And, uh, of course, that's where we try to roll our Franklin and Bash. It's, uh, uh, it's Judge Douglas. And uh, so that's that's what's that's what's going on. Do a bit of traveling to uh, see my, you know, my friends. When I was in Florida, actually, I had an opportunity to, uh, to uh, step into the artist. Are you, are you a uh, Dr. Who fan? Oh, definitely, definitely, Doctor Who fan. Oh, okay. Well, uh, they had a super cut down there. They had a, uh, a, a super comic book store there, and he made he made a card.
Definitely. You know, and that's the kind of thing where, you know, like you said, you get to interact with the fans. You get to, you know, have that kind of thing where it brings it more close to home and how you're affecting everyone's lives and uh, and whatnot. I guess, you know, before we let you go, we know you're busy. You have a lot of things uh, going on. Is there anything that you'd like to put out there for uh, anybody that's tuning in, listening, all of your fans, um, anyone else, and uh, ways that they can stay connected? I would like to give a shout out and, and to all of the people in Oklahoma. Um, I, I feel so badly for them, and uh, I want them to know that they're in my prayers and uh, that uh, the country is with them and we'll, we'll stand with them as best we can. Very true. I mean, I think uh, that's the kind of thing where all of our hearts have gone out to them. And, you know, like you said, the country is going to stand by them and do what we can to pull together as a country. Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you on. You know, like I said, any channel that anybody turns on, they're going to be able to see you from, uh, you know, whether it's uh, reruns of old shows, their favorites, uh, news shows, you know, Franklin and Bash, uh, Naruto on Disney XD, and, of course, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek Into Darkness as Captain Abbott. Um, you know, a lot of great things, and uh, I'm sure it's not the last we're seeing of you, of course. So, uh, you know, thank you once again for taking the time stopping in with us and uh sharing some stories here it was my pleasure Jonathan. it was a great joy talking with you and uh say hello to everybody out there in your world and i look forward to the next time In fact, they'll soon be dead. Oh, and yet we go ahead, painting the roses red. Painting the roses red, we're painting the roses red. Oh, pardon me, but Mr. Three, why must you paint them red? Huh? Oh! Well, the fact is, miss, we planted the white roses by mistake. And the queen, she likes them red. If she's so white instead, she'd raise a fuss. And each of us would quickly lose his head. Goodness. Since this is a thought we dread, we're painting the roses red. Oh, dear. Then let me help you. Painting the roses red. We're painting the roses red. Don't tell the queen what you have seen or say. That's what we said. But we're painting the roses red. Yes. Not pink, not green, not aquamarine. We're painting the roses
Yankee Doodle went to town a riding on a pony. He stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. Yankee Doodle, keep it up, Yankee Doodle dandy. Mind the music and the step and with the girls be handy. <laughs> Yankee Doodle. Yes, folks, that was America's first popular song. And that's what this show is all about. America's music. Where'd the songs come from, Sam? Why, they were the songs that people brought from their native countries. They did? What kind of music was it? Sometimes it was happy. Sometimes it was sad. And sometimes it just spoke of love. Like, I dream of Jeannie with the light brown hair. Very nice, but frankly, I prefer all around the cobbler's bench. The monkey chased the weasel. The monkey thought was all in fun. Goes a weasel. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's travel on through history and hear America sing. Sing it, Sam. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey gang, it's Jason again. Glad you made it down back to the vault this week. Have you ever felt like you're leading two lives? I know balancing life and work can be stressful. Ask our guest upstairs this week on Disney On Demand. The multi-talented and multi-voiced Bo Billingsley has spent as much time on-screen acting as his vocal harmonies have brought life to so many characters. So today, I'm going to brew up a nice pot of tea, complete with lemon and honey, soothes the throat, you know, for Bo to allow his golden pipes to rest and focus on the other side of his acting as I dig somewhat deep into the vault for today's Blu-ray release. I'm going to give you the best of both worlds as we pop in the 2009 theatrical release, Hannah Montana the Movie. Yes, that's what I said. Miley Stewart is a girl who has it all. However, she has a secret. Miley's also pop sensation, Hannah Montana. It hasn't been easy to keep that secret, well, secret. If most of us have watched the Disney Channel program, we know Miley trying to keep her two lives secret is what makes the comedy ensue. The film points out that this secret is getting a bit tiresome. Now Oswald Granger is the latest who's a bit suspicious of the Miley-Hannah duality. The only difference, Oswald is a journalist for Bon Chic magazine. I just like saying it that way. He will literally follow her anywhere and everywhere to get the dirt for his readers. To this end, Miley is forced to remain as Hannah on a very important day, her best friend Lily's birthday. Before heading to the party, Miley, as Hannah, needs to pick up her gift for Lily, a pair of shoes that apparently Tyra Banks feels she needs even more, which causes the media, including Oswald, to go ballistic. After their little shoe spat, Miley arrives, still as Hannah, to Lily's party. Lily, played by Emily Osment, and no, she does not see dead people, only her brother, is furious. Not because Miley is late, but because the focus of the party has now moved to Hannah Montana and not on the birthday girl herself. So upset at Miley, Lily accidentally tells Oswald that Hannah 
is from a place called Crowley Corners, Tennessee, never realizing he's a journalist. Meanwhile, back at home, Robbie Stewart, yep, that's Billy Ray Cyrus minus the mullet, is irate over the Hannah Montana Tyra Banks scandal. And who wouldn't? He sits her down and gives her the lecture. You know the one. No, not that you broke the curfew too many times. The other one. You've lost focus on who you are. So instead of going to the World Music Awards, there Jet heads someplace where she can gain perspective and a little time to get back to her roots. They head back to Tennessee. Miley pouts about this, but is thankful she's there for Grandma Ruby's birthday. Robbie tells her that they'll be there for two weeks. That gives them plenty of time for the Stewart family to reacquaint themselves with their hometown. Robbie finds a little solace in Lorelei. And we know what solace means. L-O-V-E. And Miley rekindles an old friendship with Travis Brody. Oh, and her horse blue jeans, too. Not to think things have been forgotten, Oswald, listening to Lily's comment from the party, follows Miley. Back on the home front, Miley starts to settle down in the hills of Tennessee and writes a few songs. Facing problems of its own, the little town of Crawley Corners is in desperate need of help. It seems that Mr. Bradley, played by the charismatic and always charming Barry Boswick, a land developer wants to urbanize the city with a new mall. Miley thinks this is a great idea, and why shouldn't she? I mean, it would be another venue for Hannah, right? Oh, oh wait, she's not Tiffany, is she? Anyway, later, after hearing what the mall could really mean for its residents, namely many of them losing their homes, her stance changes. Later that night, a barn party is held to save Crawley Corners. Many singers contribute to the actions, including Papa Stewart himself, Taylor Swift, and Just Miley. The party's going well until Mr. Bradley barges in. See what happens when you don't invite the villain? Party ruined. He basically tells everyone that there's not enough money or talent to stop him. That's when Miley's boyfriend Travis has a spectacular idea. Have Miley call her super BFF Hannah Montana to save the day. Yep. There she goes again, not telling those she loves her true secret. Miley has no idea what to do. She doesn't want to risk everyone finding out who she is. Plus, she doesn't want to let everyone in Crawley Corners down. What to do? In comes Lily to save the day. Lily arrives, disguised as Hannah, ready to help. Never able to be mad at one another for too long, Lily and Miley make amends. As the two have their moment, Oswald sneaks up to them, taking a picture. It is then that Lily realizes that she led Oswald to Crawley Corners. Now this town has two villains. Great! The town can't believe that Hannah Montana actually came to their little neck of the woods. Travis, unimpressed by the big-name celebrity, talks to Hannah, spilling his little country heart to her about the huge crush he really has on Miley. Hannah is thrilled and tells him to go for it. Travis takes her advice to ask Miley out, which of course she accepts. One problem. It happens to be on the same night that Lorelai has set up a dinner with Hannah and the mayor, played by our latest D-head, Bo Billingsley. Trying to be in two places at once, Miley is caught by Travis, who's completely confused. And why wouldn't he? She tries to make amends, but he calls her a liar and heads off. Miley is heartbroken. Robbie, being the protective father, breaks up with Lorelai to be with his daughter. In a heartbroken state, Miley finishes her latest song, 
which helps alleviate the pain. Also to help, Miley believes she needs to finish the chicken coop that she and Travis started building. Seeing this project finish, and hearing a Hannah Montana song, Travis realizes that he may have been too harsh, and decides to support Miley at the concert tonight. The show begins, Hannah starts singing, and in walks Travis. Seeing him show up, Hannah stops. She explains to the crowd she cannot live this lie anymore especially in her hometown. She removes her wig and reveals her secret identity. She again goes up and begins to sing. Afterwards, the crowd begs her to continue being Hannah and promises never to tell anyone who she is. One problem. Oswald is in the crowd and takes more pictures. Every villain has an evil sister, and Oswald does as well. She begs him not to reveal Miley's secret. Reluctantly, he accepts, calls her boss, and quits. Miley takes the upper hand, grabs Travis, and kisses him, returning to the stage to finish her song and the concert. Miley leaves Tennessee to lead her double life again. However, through this trip, gains a better perspective and a better attitude on who she really is. Clocking in at an hour and 42 minutes, this is one of those wholehearted comedies that harken back to the older days of Disney. Only difference is, is this started out as a television show and moved forward. I think it puts a good capstone on the show and gives it that perspective that propels it to its final season. So what are you going to receive when you buy, rent, or borrow this fine DVD? Well, it does come in a Blu-ray, DVD, and digital combo pack that you can pick up at any retailer. A lot of places are selling it for cheap, considering it's been out for a little bit of time now. The great thing about this is it comes in a beautiful, pristine copy. So as you're watching, you feel like you're in Crawley Corners, or out gallivanting with the stars, as Hannah always does. Blu-ray extras? Why, of course, there's a few that you can enjoy after watching the fine film. You can always watch the film again, but with the audio commentary. Done by the Cyruses together, giving you a better, I guess I would say, a better introspective of what went on during the filming of the show. How some of these scenes came together, some subplots, and some other ideas that may not have made it to the the show. Next up, Backstage Disney. This HD experience is more geared towards the younger crowd. It explains more about the dancing, the songs, and a little bit of a behind-the-scenes tour of the production of the entire show. Fans of the show and the movie would get a much deeper experience by watching this. 11 minutes of deleted scenes, believe it or not, there were some directions that went a different way. So by watching some of these scenes, you'll kind of understand what might have gone on and some of the reasons as to why these were cut. Seven music videos are included in this, all in HD, including the songs Back to Tennessee, You'll Always Find Your Home, Let's Get Crazy, Rascal Flatts, Bless the Broken Home, of course, Taylor Swift, and two other Miley Cyrus performances. 
a short but fun blooper reel of outtakes, all shot in HD, and the BD Live function is available on this disc. So if you want to connect with others and enjoy via BD Live, the option is there for you. Whether you're a fan of the show, a fan of Miley Cyrus's music, or just want to get back into a great Disney comedy, this movie is right for you. So, recommendation from the vault? Need a good laugh? Want to find out what's going deep down in the South? Or just want to find a way to spend some time with the family? Hannah Montana the movie is the Blu-ray for you. Well, the curtain's coming down and the popcorn's empty. It can only mean one thing. It's time to say goodbye to you and all my company. So I'm going to file this fine film away and we'll return next week as we discover something new from the vault. Knowing that we're getting into the dog days of summer, you never know exactly what we might pull out deep from the catacombs for you to enjoy to cool yourself down on those hot summer nights. So until then, gang, we'll see you next time. And remember, the magic of Disney movies is always inside of you. knows her as a superstar. Is that Hannah Montana? Woo! I would so love these. Sorry, I saw these first. Do you know who I am? Well, I know you know who I am. She is so in trouble. But no one knows where she came from. Hello, New York! Until now. Welcome to Tennessee. Looks like your limo's here. You got in a shoe fight. Dad, come on, don't do this. I think we might be done. So you're saying I can never be Hannah again? Ask me in two weeks. Boom, boom, clap. Boom, de clap, de clap. Hold still. Miley, whoa! You okay? Don't you know better than to yell at someone who's asleep on top of a chicken coop? I do now. Saddle up. Where are we going? To show you what you're missing. I may not know it, but these are the moments that I'm gonna remember most of the time. I gotta be strong. Just keep I never expected to love it here so much. I'm tired of living a double life. I don't think I can do this anymore. I think you should do whatever you think is right. Hannah Montana, the movie. So you and Miley are pretty close, huh? You have no idea. Hi, this is Paul Kandel, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. 
Well, that's going to wrap it up here this week, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. There was a lot of fun here this week, and I hope you have a very safe 4th of July weekend. Whether you're spending it at the Walt Disney World Parks, at home, with your family, barbecuing or whatnot, let's not forget why we are celebrating it. We are celebrating it for the freedom of America. If nothing else, whether you like the president, don't like him, like politicians, hate politicians, just remember that it is the land of the free and you are in America. Celebrate it wisely and have that fun. Make those memories with your family. I also want to thank Bo Belingsley for taking the time and stopping in here with all of you D-heads and sharing more from his catalog, his excitement, current projects, and more. And definitely check him out in Star Trek Into Darkness and also on Disney XD's Naruto. Definitely check him out. Thanks, Bo, for stopping in. And I also want to thank the D-team. This show would be nothing but me rambling on all show long if it wasn't for the D-Team. So thank all of you for stopping in here once again with your signature segments. And remember, you can always connect up with the D-Team directly through their direct email addresses found right there on the website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can email all of them directly, connect up with them, and also learn more about their bio, their history, and what brings them to the show. And I'd also like to thank all of you, the D-Heads. It is you, your work for listening in every week and, you know, allowing us to bring that little bit of magic, that little bit of excitement. And that's something special to all of you D-Heads each and every week. And thank all of you for the numerous emails and questions and wondering where the show was. Yes, the website crashed. We restored it. But at least we know you all love us dearly as much as we love you. Thank you all once again for tuning in every single week. You make it worthwhile. So, all of you D-Heads, before I let you go, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, archives, and more, including our Lifetime of Disney Player with over 300-plus television shows, specials, and more found right there on the homepage. You can also stay connected with news hot off the D-Wire right there on the website. Once again, that's DizRadio.com. DIZRadio.com. Now you can also stay connected all over our social media outlets. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also find us on Facebook as a friend at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can find us on Twitter at Disney Blue, and also AOL Instant Messenger, Skype, and Instagram. Yes, once again at Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And remember, you can always leave a shout-out or a message on the Magical Memories hotline, and you can find that number right there on the website on the home page. So, all of you D-heads, a lot of different ways to stay connected. You can check us out on iTunes, subscribe right there, just search Diz Radio. You can also get our absolutely free, 100% free iPhone app, just search Diz Radio. So, all of you D-heads, with all my rambling and all my fun here this week, I hope you had a blast kicking off the 4th of July weekend and next week we are stopping in once again back to our normal schedule and we have a very special guest for you in MC Ganey. Now you may be wondering just I don't recall that name. Well MC Ganey has been in such films as Con Air, Tangled, The Country Bears, Wild Hogs, the shows like Lost and The Mentalist. You know his face you will know him very well. And MC Ganey is going to be stopping in here next week for show number 41. So get ready, all of you D-heads, for next week's show and make those family memories. And as always, never neglect family for business. See you online and catch you next week. Yeah.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.